people! Oh, hello, hello, hello! Hey, 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 this is Laura. And this is Ardeen, and welcome to another episode of What Happens After Dark. Ooh, what happens after dark? What kind of things happen after dark? Fun things. Bugs. Cockroaches. <laughs> they come out at night. <laughs> spiders. They say people eat two spiders in their lifetime while they're asleep. Oh, uh, that would be a hell no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. So if you wake up choking, it's a spider. <laughs> Ew. When I went back into California in 2019 and early 2020, I lived with my biatch sister, but she lived in this trailer and it was infested with cockroaches. <gasps> and at night you could see, it literally looked like the floor was moving. <gasps> yeah. That much? It was bad. Oh, that would freak me out. No. Yeah, I was, can't. I just was sick all the time. And then, um, yeah, and in the desert, like Palm Springs area, they do, because of all the date trees, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, like, but big cockroaches. But these were the tiny ones Ooh, that are, are always, like, get into your food. And, Ooh, but it was the most disgusting place I've ever been in or lived in my whole life. And it's not that she was a filthy person. It's just that it was so gross. Ugh. Like, they couldn't get rid of the cockroaches. You open a cabinet, and they would just... Oh, that's too bad. Mm -mm. Yeah, it was disgusting. That's when you have to gut it, bomb it, treat it, and then rebuild. Even, it was a fifth wheel, and I even thought they probably just need to torch this shit. Mm -hmm. Because I I know that they came in once. They sent uh, an exterminator Mm -hmm. exterminator, because we had to leave with our dogs. But even after that, within like three or four days, they were back. Because the eggs. Yeah. It doesn't kill the eggs. They were gross, sardine. It's the grossest thing. And I had to get up and go to the bathroom. I literally wore, like, shoes to bed, but you could hear it crunch. crunch. Oh, no, no. Yep. No, oh, yuck. Yep, so. And not to offend anybody that has a roach problem, but I am so fearful of any kind of bugs. And And crawlers. I, I, first, it's gross. I don't like them, but I'm scared of them. Like, yeah. In Florida, I had once, uh, I saw one cockroach. And I'm like, if there's one, there's a thousand more somewhere else. Oh, yeah. And I called, you know, and it just crawled in from somebody else's apartment because they do travel. Yeah, you know? they go. I know. So they come back and I'm like, nope, you're coming for a whole month straight. But there is none, ma'am. I said, listen, you going to terminate, <laughs> exterminate my apartment every week. For a whole month straight. Yeah. Over one cockroach? Yes. Yeah. Because I was the community manager at the time, or, well, she was on, I was doing the job of the community manager, but I'm like, yes, 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 just do it. I'm like, okay, it's okay. Gosh. You know, you guys pay the bill. I'm like, yeah. I I just, I don't know. Where I live now, I'm very happy oh, here yes. because... It well, number one, it's a newer place, but it is like I haven't seen any bugs, not even spiders. No, but I mean, I live on the fifth floor. I don't know if fifth floor gets spiders as much as maybe the ground floor. Maybe, yeah, maybe like ants and stuff will stick to first, second floor. I don't think they'll go up that high, but no, your your apartment is beautiful. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I hate the management here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I really despise them, but um. 
but as far as like cleanliness and stuff, it is a good, and except for the elevator ghost, it's been happening over and over again. again. Yeah, guys, update on that. that day. Yeah, our Dean and I were coming in. I don't know if it, I think it was on a day we were going to record. And like I saw it out of the corner of my eye, but our Dean saw it even more I, than I did. Yes, and I turned because I thought someone was coming out of the apartment. Yeah. And I was going to say hello because I swear <laughs> to God, I saw a person like, yeah. So I'm like, there's nobody. And I'm looking at you like, okay, there's nobody there. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw the shadow. Yep. Yep. Now I'm glad somebody else has seen it because I felt like I was crazy for a while, but I can validate you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and this morning it scared me bad because I was, I had gone to um, pick up our cream puffs because we always get cream puffs and shout out to Beard Papas. Sponsor us, please. We love your yes, cream puffs. Yes, we love your cream puffs. If you guys want the best cream puffs, Go Beard to Beard Papas is the place to go. It's so good. Oh, it's like they're not too sweet. And I love it because some can be too sweet. And these are not. They're not. They're, they're just so good. perfect. The cream filling. Oh, I love the vanilla. Yeah, I liked that chocolate. It's the chocolate a, is good too. Yeah, but I, but I like the vanilla too. Yeah. But I was carrying in that. I was carrying my coffee from Raw Bean. Another shout out. You guys have the best coffee. And then, um, and I had Millie. And we walked in the glass doors. And remember that one time I told you how she walked in and like was on edge already mm -hmm. right away? She didn't do that, but we got up to the elevator and she like whipped around. And I'm like, Millie, I'm trying to like balance all this mm -hmm. stuff and pulled her in the elevator. But it, so it went to shut and it opened and her hairs on the back of her back just stood straight up. And then it started to shut again and it opened again. And I was like, no, you don't get to come in the elevator. And then it finally shut and we went up. But her hairs on the back of her back were straight up. And it's got to be. It comes from that apartment. Pleasant or bad presence for her to react that defensive, like her hair standing yeah. up. It's not good. Yeah, no. Because if, if it was some an entity that was nice, she'd be like excited. Mm-hmm. Because to them, they all look the same, like people. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's dark. I can feel it. It's energy. It's awful. And when, because like I've told you guys before, I'm very sensitive to spirits. And mm -hmm. so when I, when good ones come in, Millie doesn't even do anything. But this one that's downstairs, and I really feel like it's tied to the land. It's tied to the land. And so, um, but it was definitely creepy this morning. I was like, oh, you stupid ass ghost spirit, whatever you are. You are always <laughs> too early. I haven't had yes. my coffee. Yeah, I was like, I'm still trying to get my coffee down, and you're driving me crazy. So I was like, plus I had to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, just shut the elevator door so I can get upstairs. upstairs. I'm going to pee right here. Do you want to see that? <laughs> Do you? Do you? I know. It's, it's crazy. I don't know what it is about that. And it's that one corner downstairs. It yes, just hangs out. There. Yeah. So I don't know. I know it's Freaky tied to the land, game. though. I need to do research on this land. I need yes. to see. I keep It'll forgetting. It'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, what it is. The story. But we went and saw. <gasps> John Wick 4. Oh, my oh gosh, my guys. Oh, my God. What a movie. It, it's definitely gruesome, but all his movies have a lot of, like, gruesome. I mean, it's yeah. just part of the John Wick. But, oh, he's such a good actor. You can definitely tell his age is starting to catch up yeah. to him. 
But um, it was good movie. Not only was it like kept you on the edge of your seat, but there were funny parts. Oh yeah, the blind the blind <laughs> killer. I mean, I don't even know how you could be such a killer well, and be blind. You can't see. It's like it was funny, and when he kept going down the stairs, <laughs> it's two hundred twenty stairs. Like, come on, yeah, give the dude a break. It was good. It was good, it was guys. Really good. Go see it. And the theater last night was it was packed. It was packed. Yeah, we was- usually are. Almost alone. There's probably 10, 12 people most, but it was full. It yeah. was nice. It's a good movie. Highly yes. recommend it for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was It was really good. I mean, I don't know. I wanna, You can't um, go wrong with Keanu Reeves. No, Keanu Reeves is got There's it going on. There's not a movie on. that's bad when he's in it. Yeah. They're all good. But what makes him even more like attractive to me is how good he is to people. In real life. Yeah. So humble, so sweet, so compassionate. Yeah. I just, I do. I love that about yeah. him. He is truly a wonderful human being. Yeah. Outside, you know, the camera. He's truly a wonderful. Yeah. He's, he's very not giving. arrogant. He's no. not. Nope. No. But it was interesting because uh, Lawrence Fishburne was also in the John Wick 4. I think he might be in one of the others too. I'm trying to remember. But um, seeing him and Keanu together last night, it... I just kept flashing back to the Matrix series oh. and how they're in that together. And I was like, it's Morpheus and Neo all over again. <laughs> and, but yeah, it was just, it was a good movie. I'm glad we went. And I think it was just over. It was a long movie. It was three hours. Yeah, because we started at seven. Seven and got out of there at ten. Yeah, so even with like the 30-minute previews at the beginning, I mean, yeah, that's a still, long movie. It was still a long movie. But it's still because I think it's because, you know, the final chapter. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we won't spoil it, but no. if you, you should go see it. Yeah, sure. go for see sure. it. Go see it. Yes. And then we've had other exciting stuff happening here in Utah. Gwyneth Paltrow is here. Um, and she, you know, a few years ago, I think it was 2016, yeah, at Deer Valley Ski Resort, she and this gentleman, they collided with each other, which I'm not a skier, so I, I don't know the logistics of that, but... I mean, I've seen other stuff on the news where people have collided and, you know, if they're hurt, they go to the hospital, whatever. But this guy's suing her for thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, it's like if it would have been anybody else. Yeah, you wouldn't have. No, he's, he's just, just trying to get her money. Just trying to get her money. And, Shame on him, mm-hmm. whoever he is. I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> They have been commenting a lot, though, on, like, her weight and stuff. She does have a very odd diet, but um, of just, like, broccoli at night, and that's it. That's kind of what they've been discussing. And, and uh, I mean, it's, I don't judge people. They If they want to eat whatever, you know, I'm a fluffy person. Yeah. And, you know, I know people comment about my weight, and I'm just mine like, too. screw you, asshole. Yeah, I don't really care. I love, I love food. I won't deny it. Yeah, I know. I love it. And I love sweets, so that's even worse. But, yeah. You know yeah, what? me too. So if she wants to just eat broccoli, you know, just let her be. I mean, I know one of the biggest things in Utah is just like, there she's so skinny. She looks awful. And yeah, she doesn't look so I've seen her healthier than what she's looking right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's her life. If that's how she wants to live, then so be it and and stuff. And but I just I hope that she wins because I, I hope I, so too. Yeah, like, I like she says, it's the principle. Yeah, because for her, three hundred grand, I think that's what he's suing her for. That's just a drop in the bucket for her. 
but it is the principle. Uh, yeah. Like anybody else that collides, you know. Oh, now you're, and he, what if it was his fault? Exactly. And that's what she was saying. She's like, he collided with me. Yeah. Um, and it, she even said, she said, Mr. Sanderson categorically hit me on the ski slope. And that's so true. So she should sue him and yeah. get the $300,000 for making her from life. him. Yeah. I would. And I'd take it too. Yeah. Even if I had millions, I'd take yeah, it. Yeah, I'd take it again. just to show you, like, okay, you want to come after someone like me, you know, rich and famous? Well, you might want to think again. Yeah. Like, it's the principle on yeah. both sides. You probably can't so. afford the lawyer and he's just doing it all for shows, for shits and giggles. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, and I don't know all the details. I've watched a little bit of it. My daughter, Shania, she's watched a lot of it, mm. actually. And it's like, you know, it's just sad, but it is what it is. So hopefully she'll win. I'm on her side. I Me hope too. you go get him, Gwyneth. Kick his ass. Yes. Take him yes. down. Shove broccoli up his ass. <laughs> yeah, take your broccoli soup and just <laughs> give him a, a liquid enema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should be exploiting anybody no matter how much they, they have. That's just stuff. wrong mm-hmm. in every level. Doesn't I mean, matter. in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is seven years ago. That's bull. Yeah, that's bullshit. It's bull, definitely. <sighs> it's so. bullshit. Like my, my shirt. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on in your life before we get started? Well... You should talk about your trip next month and why you're going there. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Oh, so I am going back to Nigeria to visit my fiancé, the love of my life. So I am excited for that. I will, I'm going to try and see if there's a place there that I can get some information. Maybe even if I don't go inside and investigate, but at least take pictures from the outside or something because he's scared. He's not going to let me go. He's going to be scared. But if we can go during the day and just take a couple pictures in, you know. I think that's going to be awesome. It'll be awesome because there's a place. And I swear to God, I've seen it. When oh. we were the first time, I'm like, oh, look at that building. And it looks abandoned. Oh, wow. And, I'm, and I told them, I said, look at that place. I said, that place has got to be hunted. He's like, don't look at it. No, don't even think about it. And it's like, <laughs> and I swear that's gotta be. Yeah. I'll oh, try yeah. and take pictures. Yeah. This time. I get it though, Felix. It is kind of, those things can be a little creepy and scary, but. Yeah. Ardeen's a pro, so no worries there. Uh-uh. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it'll freak me out, but I'm not the type that I'm going to scream, run off. I'll just freeze and go, oh. Yeah. And, you know, that's it, but. I'm still going to try and get evidence if I can. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Gosh, but I'm excited. But if it's something that, like, comes at me, then I'll probably pass out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I Felix mean, wouldn't come in and get you because he would be he, like, no. Nope. Wait till she wakes up. I'm right here waiting for you at the door. <laughs> no, he would. He probably yes, he would. would. There's no way he would leave me there. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. He's a but good we'll guy. see. Hopefully, I get to do something. Yeah, fun. that will be, be fun. interesting. Sweet. To be continued, people. Yeah, to she'll come continued. back with good stories for us. Yes, my little earthlings. Yep. Ah! All right, 
I'm going to give our disclaimer. So what happens after dark does not condone violence or murder. We are just here to present the facts of some really screwed up individuals. So, um, so this is another unsolved mystery. Um, it's called, um, the redhead serial murders. Oh. Yeah. So, um, I wonder why they're called redhead. The girls have red hair. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The girls have red hair, each one of the victims. And there's not a lot cause it is unsolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have like information on the victims and things like that and how they were found. Um, so they are unsolved homicides of redheaded females in the United States between October 78 and 1992. So a big span of time. Yes. Um, and so they've been, they believe to have been committed by an unidentified male serial, serial killer the murders believed to be related um, and have occurred in states including Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Um, the murders may have been, may have continued, or they the murders they did may have continued until 1992. They're kind of like affiliated, you know, associated with each other, but there's still enough that's like, eh, we don't know no. for okay. sure. Um, so the victims may, um, or the victims main, many remaining identified for years. They were just, some of them weren't even identified. Um, and they were usually women with reddish hair whose bodies were abandoned along major highways in the United States. Officials believe that the women, the women were likely hitchhiking or may have been engaged in sex work. Um, I think the one that we did last week, too, like the Highway 40 killer, it was sex workers. So what if it's him? Huh? What if it's him? Oh, it could be. It (laughs) could be. And uh, I I think, too, like I automatically like go to truckers. And I know this is bad. And I'm so grateful that you guys bring our supplies Mm -hmm. as we need them. But, I mean, it's such an opportunity if you're a a long haul driver Mm -hmm. to have this kind of thing going on and last night when we went to um the movie i was parked next to that big semi Mm -hmm. and when i got closer to my car the engine was on but Mm -hmm. his windows were blacked out like he had very dark tint Mm -hmm. and for an instant i was like why did you just park next to the semi because i thought he could grab me yeah and and your car is tiny your car's probably the size of their wheel yeah, it is. It's tiny. tiny. And so I literally unlocked my car super fast, got in and, and locked. locked it up. And I just, and my car was cold, but I started up and I pulled away because I thought, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, did she leave because I went around? I'm like, wow, she's gone. Okay. She's no, back. I just wanted to get out of I there before to, just oh, in okay. case. Yeah. And usually I'm not that stupid, but I was like, okay, I just want to get into the movie. It was cold outside. Yeah. And yeah, so... Anyways, okay, so authorities are unsure how many people were responsible for these murders, if they were all performed by the same perpetrator or perpetrators, and how many victims there have been. It is believed that there may have been a total of 5 to 14 victims. Of the presumed victims, four were identified by November 2018. So even from like 1978 to 19. 92, it took until 2018 to so even you get... identify who mm-hmm. they are. And just four. 
just four oh of them. Oh my God, it's got to be like brutal. Yeah. That's for them not to be able to identify them. Identify the bodies. Yeah. <gasps> and I mean, I don't know much about sex work profession, but I know just from watching crime shows and stuff that a lot of those women, they don't have families or if they have the families already presume exactly. that they're not yeah. there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the suspect was informally called the Bible Belt, Bible Belt Strangler in 2018 because the territory where the bodies were found was part of the Bible Belt. So mm. we're going to talk now about um, victims. And so the first one, um, it, they just have her listed as an identified victim. Um, the first death that was... Um, that was later attributed to this killer was that of an identified white woman whose body was found naked along uh, side route 250 near Littleton in Wetzel County, West Virginia on February 13, 1983. Like many of the so-called redhead murders, her hair was not truly red, but more of an auburn color. Mm-hmm. Her cause of death is not entirely known, but it is likely that she was suffocated to death. One person of interest emerged from the case after residents reported seeing a white man around five foot six tall um, near the site where the body was found. However, this man was never identified. He's not even that tall. No, he reminds me of, uh, gosh, the German killer guy that was only like five, Mm, five or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next victim is Lisa Nichols. On September 16, 1984, the body of a woman later identified as 28-year-old Lisa Nichols, who also had uh, used the last name of Jarvis, was found along Interstate 40 near West Memphis, Arkansas. She was wearing only a sweater. She was found to have been a resident of West Virginia. Authorities were not able to identify and contact her family members for some time, indicating that Nichols was estranged from them. She was not identified until June of 1985, so about a year after her body was found. Um, oh, it says nine months after her, she was murdered. Um, she was identified through fingerprints. She was identified by a couple from Florida who had allowed her to stay with them for a period of time. Nichols may have been murdered after leaving a truck stop along the highway and may have attempted to hitchhike. So truck driver again. Um, so the reason they can't identify them is why? Because if they're estranged from their family or even if they they do put out information. Yeah. And if they put out pictures, nobody recognizes. And so, um, by fingerprints is how they got her, but even her family didn't step up. It was a couple in Florida who she Mm -hmm. had stayed with, you know? So, um, Yeah. So it wasn't even her family that identified her. Mm. Our next victim is named Tina Farmer. On January 1st, 1985, the body, um, the bound body of a woman was found near um, Jellicoe, Tennessee, in Campbell County, down in an embankment and off the southbound side of Interstate 75. The remains were in an advanced state of decomposition, and uh, as she was killed, approximately 72 hours before gosh our bodies really start to de- decompose mm-hmm. fast yeah huh? they do three days yeah hmm. um the victim was killed by strangulation she was caucasian and had shoulder length curly red hair 
Her age was estimated to be between 17 and 25, mm, so but young. possibly as old as 30. Still young. Um, the victim was found clothed in a tan pullover, a shirt, and jeans. Additionally, she had been wrapped in a blanket, which was later found to have um, seminal fluid on it, so semen. Her eyes were green. Um, the young woman had freckles over her body and various scars, including a burn mark on one arm. She was 10 to 12 weeks pregnant when she died. Oh, gosh. Oh I don't remember God. reading that part before. Oh, gosh. Um, she had a partial upper denture holding two false teeth. It is believed that she was between 5 feet 1 and 5 feet 4 inches when she died and was approximately 110 to 115 pounds. So just a little lady. Mm -mm. On September 6, 2018, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office announced that the victim had been identified by fingerprint as Tina Marie McKenney Farmer of Indiana. She was 21 or 22 at the time of her death and was last seen in Indianapolis, Indiana, accompanied by a trucker said to be headed to Kentucky. Farmer had one daughter prior to disappearing in 1984. She was reported missing by her family at the time, yet authorities in Indiana did not enter her into the national database. The state did not have a law common to many other states requiring law enforcement to enter identify, unidentified victims into this database, which I feel like sometimes I feel like our, our police system, our judicial system, like the ball just gets dropped. Mm -hmm. Like people fall into the cracks. cracks. It's just rest. If it's identified, how, I don't think it's that hard to just notify other states nearby, exactly. at least the ones nearby. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think that our states need to learn to communicate better. Exactly. <laughs> because how... I think this is unacceptable. a trucker that's, you know, traveling. Doing this. And it's doing it. But I don't see an MO. Yeah. And if there's semen, why can't they do a DNA exactly. test now? They can do the DNA test now. Well, Ardeen, since you said that. Oh, okay. In 2019, DNA evidence identified convicted kidnapper Jerry Leon Jones, Johns as a man that killed Tina Marie McKinney, <laughs> farmer uh, Tina Marie Kenny Farmer in December of 1984. Johns died in prison in 2015. He was previously convicted in 1987 of an aggravated kidnapping assault and other crimes in the attack of a woman, Linda Shackey that he had um, picked up in Knox County, Tennessee, two months after Farmer's disappearance and death. Shaki survived the attack, and she was bound, strangled, and dumped along I-40. Her testimony assisted in putting Johns behind bars. Like Farmer, Shaki had been choked with a piece of cloth ripped from her T-shirt, bound, and left for dead inside a storm drain under mm -hmm. I-40 near Watt Road. Like Farmer and the other potential victims of the redhead murders, Shaki had also red hair. On December 18, 2019, a grand jury in Campbell County, Tennessee, ruled that Johns would have been indicted um, for murder and Farmer's death if he was still alive. So this is the only one where they can kind of say, okay, this really puts this guy at this, at this, but they're still not saying for sure because he was already dead. They couldn't try him. And mm -hmm. so... 
they couldn't really but like. Two of them <coughs> are on Highway 40. I know, I know. And oh, I'm just like amazed from the amount of years between, like the per, the the victims passing mm-hmm. to when they're actually putting two and two together. That's so sad. I'm like, it's not rocket science. I mean, I'm sure there's some science involved, yeah. but it's not rocket science. Yeah, they <laughs> have so much nowadays. Yes, yes. And I just, I feel for these la- these women oh, wow. that have gone through this. I don't care if they are a sex. It doesn't matter what profession it you're in. It doesn't matter. No. They're still human. Yeah, and you got to do what you got to do to survive. Period. Exactly. And they don't deserve to die that no. way or no. die at all. Like, they shouldn't even be mistreated. It's just wrong. I don't know. And if he was still alive, I think he should have been tried for two murders because the first, she was pregnant. Yes. I don't care if it was only 12 weeks along. She was still pregnant. She and had a baby. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, that's two people dead because of this man. Um, our next victim is Tracy Walker. On April 3rd, 1985, the skeletonized partial remains of a young girl were discovered about 200 yards off Big Wheel Gap Road, four miles southwest of Jellicoe, Tennessee, in Campbell County, near a strip mine. <coughs> She was believed to have been dead between one and four years. Her age was estimated between nine and 15. And she was found by a passerby. That is young. Nine years old to 15 years old. Oh, no. Yeah. See, there's starting to be a little consistency there with the age that really young. Mm-hmm. Um, the cause of death is undetermined, which does not rule out homicide. 32 bones, including her skull, were recovered from the scene. Her skull was complete enough to permit a facial reconstruction attempt. A necklace and bracelet made of plastic buttons were found nearby, as well as of a, a pair of size 5 boots and a few scraps of clothing. These items may or may not belong to her. Her hair and eye color are unknown. Her age range is below the median for the other victims but the circumstances of her death may connect her to them so they're not saying so much that she may be but it's pretty probable because of um the other murders so other similarities exist between this case and that of tina farmers and survivor linda shackies the knot in the cloth found in a piece of material found Tied around the neck of the Campbell County victim was very similar to the knot in a piece of material found tied around Linda Shackey's neck two months um, following the Campbell County victim. (sighs) Recent forensic analysis of the victim's remains indicated she was not native to the area where she was discovered. The test showed she was likely born in Florida or Central Texas and later lived in the Midwest, Rocky Mountain states the Mm -hmm. southwest or the pacific coast uh and this is so just this just last year on august 30th 2022 she was uh, identified as 15 year old tracy sue walker of lafayette lafayette indiana the connection was made after othram laboratories located a possible family member in the lafayette area and tbi intelligence analysis located several relatives there who confirmed they had a relative who disappeared in 1978. Tracy's mother had twice reported her as running away from their Eisenhower Court home in Lafayette, 
Tracy was last seen at Tippecanoe Mall with a friend sometime in 1978. DNA samples were taken and submitted to CODIS, from which the UNTCHI identified Walker's remains. So she's definitely younger than the previous two victims. Very young. mm -hmm, But it still is like got some similarities there. Um, But there's so many years before they even like found her body. I mean, there was literally nothing left, but yeah, the bones and the skull. I'm glad that they did down the road. were able to mm-hmm. tie her at least to some family. Um, but as a mom, I think if one of my kids had run away, I would have reported her multi, you know, like, okay, mm. you know, I've initially reported here. We are three days later. She's still not home reported, you know, and kept on that. Oh yeah. Um, not that that would have saved her because it sounds like, you know, she was at the mall with this friend and then she was just, you know, she was gone. And this guy, and just from covering other serial killers now, we know that, um, you know, they do their stuff and they dump them pretty yeah, quick. quick. Mm-hmm. So she probably, he just, and I'm glad that this guy died in prison in 2015. It sounds like he'd been there for a while. So at least some of the other victims that could yeah, have potentially some, been done. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're identifying them and some of the families can have closure. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what to me in other stories are, is so heart wrenching is when there's no closure, yes. you can't find the body. You yes. don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And then your imagination just runs so, wild. For you, forever. Yeah. I mean, and my imagination seriously doesn't even go to some of the things that happened to, I can't even imagine some of the things that we've read that these people go through. So yeah, it's just my crazy. oldest tried to run away. Girl, I found her. Yeah. Thank goodness. I found her and took her back. She was at this boyfriend's. He was older and they were partying, smoking. And I come in the house and there was all these people and he tried to give me an attitude and I'm like, um, she's a minor. Yeah. You want to leave, but believe me, I'm coming back with the cops. Right now, get out of here. <laughs> Boom. I said, don't ever even look at her ever again. Yeah. That's what Crazy things do. teenagers do. Oh, Crazy yeah. Crazy things. Yes. They regret it later, but. Yep, at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Our next one does not have a name. They just have her listed as Cheatham County um, Jane Doe. On March 31st, 1985, the skeletonized body of a red-haired female was found in Pleasant View, Cheatham County, Tennessee. She was believed to have died between three and five months previously from an unknown cause. However, her case is possibly linked to the redhead murders because her remains were found at the site of an interstate, Interstate 24, between mile marker 29 and 30. Unlike some of the other victims, she was wearing clothing, a shirt, sweater, pants, and underwear. She was white between 5 feet and 5 feet 2 inches tall. Her weight could not be determined. An examination of her teeth showed that the victim had evidence of crowding and overlapping in her mouth. This woman was believed to be between the ages of 31 and 40 at the time of her death. Strange. Yeah, a little older. Yeah. And so So it sounds like it could be... Not just one, maybe it's multiple. Multiple, yeah. And if you guys like it, and when we do stories, and especially whether unidentified, 
if you even think for an instant, gosh, maybe I might know, you know, maybe my family member knows this, or if you have any information, you know, reach out to the authorities. Like this one would be um, Cheatham County, um, you know, sheriffs probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if you have heard stories from generations passed down or something and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, reach out to those Mm -hmm. so that these victims you know, that have passed, they have closure on the other side. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. And their family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you have any information, please do. Our next victim is Epsy Pilgrim. And that's E-P-S-Y. I, when I put that name down, I thought that's kind of a cool name. Epsy. I I like that. It's Mm -hmm. different. Um, so on April 1st, 1985, the body of a woman was found in a large white Admiral refrigerator in Gray, Knox County, Kentucky, alongside Route 25. Her death was suffocation. The victim had been dead for a few days and was nude, except for two distinctive necklace pendants, one of a heart and the other of a gold-colored eagle, and two pairs of socks, one white and the other white with green and yellow stripes. There were reports that the victim may have been soliciting a ride to North Carolina over CB radio, 500 people attended to Jane Doe's victim's uh, funeral, um, which was televised. The case uh, was a local sensation in Gray as the town was quiet and sleepy place where little out of the ordinary usually happened. Um, The refrigerator had a decal of the words superwomen on the front. Distinguishing features of the body included a number of moles on the right side of her neck, near one ankle and below each breast, a yellow-stained um, upper incisor that, and a scar and other mo- marks on her abdomen, indicating that she had borne a child. Her mm. eyes were light brown and her hair was red and nearly a foot long, which fit the pattern of the redhead murders. After the autopsy, this victim was determined to be tw- between 24 and 35 years old, and approximately four feet nine to four feet 11 inches tall. Um, so there's like all the other ones, I feel like they were shorter. Mm-hmm. And so this is what makes me think that it's probably more than just one. Mm-hmm. Because even though they all had red hair, um, I feel like there's other things. The MO is yeah. not the same. It's not the same. And so serial killers all have an MO. They oh, all. Yeah have a way of killing them. It's just not, I don't think this is one person. No, no, it's not. Oh my, one of my earbuds just broke. I'm so sad. Okay. That part out. (laughs) Maybe it just came off. No, it like snapped on that side. Sorry guys. (laughs) I have OCD and so things bother me. Okay. Anyways. Um, and so several missing persons have been eliminated as possible matches for the victim After the case was publicized in January 2013, the police received some tips, but it is unknown if they became solid leads. On October 1st, 2018, the Knox County Sheriff's Office announced this woman had been positively identified as Epsi Regina Black Pilgrim of Western North Carolina. A DNA match was made between her and her grown daughter, um, who said her mother disappeared when the girl was six weeks old. The Pilgrim, uh, or Pilgrim also had four other older children. Um, so they were able to 
um, identify her because her one daughter stepped up and said that, hey, you know, my mom went missing. And, um, and here, take my DNA so we can. And so, identify. and it turned out, and she had a total her. of five children oh that got left God. behind. I'm wondering where's whoever the father was of these children or grandparents. Why wasn't there any kind of report made or exactly. something? That's so strange. Mm hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. That's so sad. And then we have some that are just suspected victims. The first one is Priscilla Ann Blevins. Priscilla Ann Blevins um, was alive from March 29, 1948. Possible around um, death would be July 8, 1975. Um, she was a 27-year-old woman whose skeletal, skeletal remains were found along Interstate 40 in Waynesville, North Carolina, on March 29th, um, 1985. Um, let's see. It is believed she had been placed at the location around the time she went missing a decade earlier in 1975. Blevins was identified via DNA and dental records in 2012. No cause or manner of death was determined, and authorities have not specified the type of investigation is taking place surrounding her case. Blevins' sister, however, commented that the circumstances of the descendant's discovery appeared to be involuntary. Um, she had reddish blonde hair. Blevins sounds familiar. I think we covered another case that says Blevins. Blevins? Oh, maybe. I know that my son's fifth grade teacher, his name, his last name was Mr. Well, Mr. Blevins. <laughs> so that name for me sounds familiar just because of uh mr blevins from zach's we'll have to check grade. our episodes and see. yeah and see where blevins we found that comes name. up somewhere i know it comes up somewhere and once i get done report i try to forget everything about these well, so yeah. it's hard uh, yeah yeah i wouldn't this is too freaky deaky to just yeah keep it under wrap yeah, yeah to keep it in your brain yeah um the next possible victim is karen k nippers on May 25th, 1981, law enforcement recovered the descend or the deceased um, from a low water uh, crossing on Highway NMM near Dixon, Missouri. She had suffered trauma to the face and was strangled with pantyhose. The uh, deceased, I want to say deceased, but they don't spell it that way, was found clothed but without shoes and was estimated to be between 25 and 40 years of age. She had black hair, but has nonetheless been tentatively linked to the other cases in the murder series based on similarities in uh, modus operandi. The deceased was named um, Paluski Jane Doe. Isotop testing later showed that the deceased had not lived in Missouri for more than a few years and most likely spent most of her life in the southern eastern region of the United States. She was tentatively identified by the DNA Doe Project in December of 2019 as Karen K. Nippers, um, approximate December 5th, 1948 to May 24th, 1981, who was 33 years old when she was murdered with legal confirmation taking place on May 25th, 2021. Uh, that's being able after they kind of tied that name to this deceased person. Um, but they're not like 100% sure on that one. Um, the next one is Wetzel County Jane Doe. 
another one that's been unidentified. On February 13, 1983, the naked body of a white female was found alongside Route 250 near Littleton in Wetzel County, West Virginia. A pair of senior citizens reported the body, which they originally had thought was a display mannequin. <gasps> Gosh, that's awful. Oh. The body had been placed at the area recently as snow was on the ground, but not on the body. Police said that the that tire tracks and footprints nearby indicated that she was likely transported to this site after her death from another location. Their examination concluded, concluded she had died about two days previously and was not a victim of sexual assault. Mm. Her cause of death was undetermined. Her hair was auburn. By 1985, she was linked possibly to other redhead women found as homicide victims whose deaths seemed to be related. With an estimated age between 35 and 45, this victim appeared to have been older than the median for the other women grouped as victims of the serial killer. Um, her height was estimated at 5 feet 6 inches and weight was at about 135 her eyes were uh, presumed to be brown, although post-mortem changes may have affected the eye color. She had two scars, one typical of a cesarean section oh. and another on one index finger. The women's legs and underarms were shaven, indicating attention to grooming not characteristic of a transient or hitchhiker. Witnesses described seeing a middle-aged white male about 5'10", um, and weighing about 185 to 200 pounds near the area when the body was found. The victim may have been seen alive in Wheeling, West Virginia, as an employee or customer at a bar. West Virginia authorities are skeptical of whether this victim is related to other victims in the redhead mu uh, murders. So, they, mm -hmm. but they still, again, even though they can say that, you know, she may have been at this bar or an employee, there's still no name tied to her. So, unidentified. Yeah, this case has a lot of those. Um, next one is the DeSoto County Jane Doe. DeSoto County Jane Doe is a woman found murdered on January 24, 1985 in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Her non-used 16 women have been ruled out as the, vic or as the victim. The victim was found by a truck driver driving southbound on U.S. Highway 78, 100 feet east of Coldwater River Bridge at around 7.30 a.m. Her body was 20 feet south of the highway, and her shoes, undergarment, undergarments, and jacket were missing. She was strangled with a ligature and possibly sexually assaulted. She was estimated to be between 20 to 40 years old. She was approximately 5 feet 2 inches to 5 feet 4 inches with a weight of 105 to 130. She is believed to have been a heavy smoker. She had three piercings in each ear, and her fingernails were deeply bitten. So again, guys, if you're in this area and it, any of these things are like triggering maybe of a story that you heard from somewhere else or anything, just contact somebody so that there can be some closure. yeah. Oh, these poor women. Mm. Um, next victim, possible victim, is Elizabeth Lamott. On April 14, 1985, the body of a young white female was found in Greenville, Green County, Tennessee. She was determined to have been killed between three and six weeks previously by severe blunt force trauma and possibly a stab wound. 
Her body was in an advanced state of decomposition. Police were able to obtain her fingerprints as well as DNA and dental inter information. She had been approximately six to eight weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh, another one. Um, but it does say shortly before she died, um, she had miscarried before death. And oh, if she okay. was being tortured or beaten, of mm, course you're going to miscarry. Lose, yeah. I Who knows how long they kept them before they dumped them. Exactly. That's, to me, if I ever got kidnapped, that to me is the most terrifying part. Is, you know, how, what are they going to do to me before they actually finally kill me? And, I kill myself. And that's why I eat a lot of cake, because it's hard to uh, mm. kidnap a heavy woman. <laughs> there you go that's one of our pros yeah i love that meme we'll on just Facebook. sit on him <laughs> and suffocate them <laughs> i'll just eat more of beard papa's <laughs> cream puffs <laughs> thank you uh, beard papa's <laughs> yes thank you thank you um let's see so she was determined to be between 14 to 20 years old possibly as old as 25 um she was approximately five feet four inches to five feet six inches tall um and a weight of 130 to 140 she had a slight overbite and some fillings in her teeth showing that she had dental care in her life her fingernails had pink polish because she had light brown to blonde hair with red highlights her mm. case was thought to be possibly related to the redhead murders mm. um they're tiny women too yeah not very Mm -mm, they didn't eat enough cake. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, authorities hoped in late April uh, 1985 that they would identify her body through fingerprints, but were unsuccessful. Six missing women were ruled out as possible identities of the victim. She was not identified until April, uh, November of 2018, when mm -hmm. officials announced that the victim was New Hampshire native Elizabeth Lamont. She was 17 at the time of her death. Lamont had disappeared on April 6, 1984. She was identified through a DNA match after a DNA profile was obtained from Lamont's family by New Hampshire police in 2017. She had been staying at a group home in Manchester, New Hampshire, and never returned to her family after gaining furlough. Lamont's family was initially asked for DNA profile to compare to the adult uh, woman victim of Bear Brook murders, an, an unidentified girlfriend of the suspect who went by the alias of Robert Evans was known by the same first name of Elizabeth. Robert Evans was later revealed to be a serial killer. Oh, let's take that down because I want to, I want to cover to... him. Oh, yes. I will write it down. Let's see. Robert Evans was later revealed to be a serial killer by Terry Peter Rasmussen. Okay. Yep. We'll see what he has on his stuff when I do that. Um, next is Pulaski County Jane Doe. Um, Pulaski County Jane Doe was a woman who was found deceased on April 20th, 1985 in Wrightsville, Arkansas. She was estimated to be between 30 and 40 years old. She was approximately five feet, three inches tall. She had blondish red hair, and she had previously fractured her left femur. Her cause of death was either uh, was either not been released or properly determined. Little information has been made available about her case. I bet it was suffocation, though. Yeah. Because that seems a common denominator on these girls. Yeah. Another Jane Doe 
Rowan County Jane Doe. Rowan County Jane Doe was a woman found on August 29, 1987 in Rowan County, Tennessee. She was estimated to be between 35 and 50 years old and 5 feet or 5 feet 8 inches in height. Gosh, that's a big gap. She had naturally brown hair that was dyed reddish. She had a hysterectomy and a um, trachonomy. <laughs> she had a mole on her left side of her back, and she also had breast implants. Additionally, she had an old gunshot wound to her third <gasps> thoracic vertebrae with a bullet still lodged in her spine. Oh. Authorities determined that the body had been buried and suspect that it was done deliberately, deliberately mm -hmm. to hinder identification efforts. She is believed to have been murdered. <gasps> wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's all I got to say. That's crazy. Um, Stacy Lynn, uh, the next one is Stacy Lynn Chahorsky. Stacy Lynn Chahorsky was a woman who was found strangled to death in Rising Fawn, Georgia in late, in late 1988. Chahorsky was officially reported missing in January of 1989, four months after she was last contacted. Chahorsky had informed her mother via telephone that she was planning to hitch rides from her current location in North Carolina to her home state of Michigan to the cities of Flint and Muskegon, Muskegon. The victim's remains were discovered along the east side of northbound I-59 near Rising Fawn, Dade County, Georgia, approximately five miles from the Georgia and Alabama state line. It was suspected that the victim may have been a hitchhiker. Prior to identification, it was determined she had been sexually assaulted and strangled. The mm -hmm. descendant um, had brownish, strawberry, blonde, auburn, or red shoulder-length hair with frosted ends. In 2019, her age range was adjusted to 25 and 35. Before this, she was thought to be as young as 16 and possible runaway. She, she was um, identified with assistance from Othram, Inc. in late March uh, 2022. On September 6, 2022, Chahorsky's killer was identified as Henry Frederick Wise, a.k.a. Haas Wise, who would have been 34, 34 years old at the time of her murder. He was a truck driver for Western Carolina Trucking Company, driving through Chattanooga, Tennessee to Birmingham, Alabama, and finally to Nashville, Tennessee. Wise also had a uh, stunt driver. He had a criminal history in Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. What? Raging from theft, assault, to obstruction of a police officer, Wise burned to death in a car accident at Myrtle Good. Beach Speedway in South Carolina in 1999. Nice. So that one, at least they had some, you know, they... Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, so the two guys that they have mentioned now, um, that there's definitely maybe some connection to the other, some of these other mm -hmm. women because it just, it's just too coincidental. Mm -hmm. Um, our next victim is Donna Sue Nelton. Donna Sue Nelton, formerly known as Benton County Jane Doe. Oh, they identified her. Good, good, good. Um, was a woman who was found murdered on May 7th, 1990 in Rogers, Arkansas. The victim was located eight miles west of Deca Decatur, Arkansas, off of Highway 102 in Rogers, Arkansas on May 7th, 1990. This area is close to the Oklahoma and Missouri state lines. Several bones were recovered along with what appeared to be a shotgun um, wadding, W-A-D-D-I-N-G. 
buckshot pellets, number four, were found in the ground under the skull. A neighbor reported seeing a fire in the area in February of 1990, but never went to investigate. He believes someone, someone was just burning trash. Um, investigators believe the victim or the bones may have been run over with a vehicle to make identification difficult or impossible. After the victim had been shot, she was set on fire. Gosh. Oh, that's terrible. There was not enough remains to provide for a reconstruction. She is estimated um, to be between 25 and 35 years of age and 5 feet inches in height. She was identified on October 25th, 2022 by Othram Inc. as Donna, who was last seen in the fall of 1989. Federal authorities suspect her boyfriend at the time, George Alvin Bruton, for her murder. Bruton had spent time on the FBI Most Wanted list. Ooh. What a winner. Oh. <laughs> For three months in 1979, after taking two families hostage and wounding two officers in Utah. Ooh, here. Yeah. Let's take a wild guess. Exactly. <laughs> in September 1989, he and associate were seen disposing trash bags containing Donna's personal items into a dumpster in North Kansas City. Her car was found in a storage unit owned by Bert Bruton. Bruton was sentenced to life prison for drug-related offenses. He died in prison in 2008. Good, at least Jeez, he's dead. what a winner. I'm not... Holy cow. Most wanted... He's on the list of... Oh. I mean, you don't just get put on that like list. It like nowadays you have to do a background check just to go on a date. Exactly. I know. That's why I'll just say Kids, Thank you. Background checks before you go on a date. Yes. Yes. Please. Please. Too uh, many freaky deekies out there. Oh, there is. There's some really deviant type people out there. Oh. And it's just, it's so sad. Um, I, that, that's who I fear most is those, like, there's not a whole lot that a ghost can do to you, but the living. So yeah, I'd be more scared of the living than the dead. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. I am for sure on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't torture me, rip out my fingernails, rape me or anything. Mm -mm. But even, even poltergeist at some point, I don't think, unless you get possessed. But yeah, no. Yeah. No, no, no. The living is too sadistic. Yeah. And they're getting crazier and crazier by the minute. I mean, yeah. things they come up with and do. No, kids, you got to be safe. You got to make sure you know this person well enough to trust yourself yep. with them. Yep. And I honestly, I mean, it's just for sex is not the reason to get hooked up yeah, with someone. You can buy a toy. It. It's just like, don't, I don't know. I just be careful. Please be yeah, careful. Too yeah, much. Absolutely. Okay. So during the investigation it is believed that most of the victims remain unidentified to being estranged or not close to existing family members. They, also may have not been native to the states in which they were found. In 1985, not long after the Greene County victim was found, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Mississippi requested the Federal Bureau of Investigation for assistance with the cases. There were inconsistencies among some of the victims and characteristics of the crime scenes, as some were found with or without clothing, 
and some had a sexual encounter before their murders. During the conference, it was stated that four victims found in Texas and a victim found in 1981 in Ohio, nicknamed Buckskin Girl, um, <laughs> later identified as Marsha King, were ruled out in 1985 as possible victims in the Redhead Murders. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yep. <laughs> and that sounds like a good time name there, her nickname. Yeah. Um a possible suspect emerged um, circa 1985 when a 37-year-old trucker, Jerry Leon Jones, that's the one that died in prison, attacked and attempted to strangle a woman with reddish hair. He left the victim lying near a highway, presumed she was dead. She was later dismissed in the Redhead Murders case, but was convicted of the women's kidnapping in 1987. Despite his exclusion from the case, it was announced that DNA from Johns was matched to Tina Farmer via CODIS in 2016. He died in prison in 2015 at the age of 67. A grand jury decided he would have been indicted for the slaying um, had he been alive. John was a truck driver who resided in Cleveland, Tennessee before his arrest. It has not been specified whether he is considered a, a suspect in other victims of the Redhead murders, another suspect was a 32-year-old trucker in Pennsylvania who was questioned after kidnapping and raping a young woman in Indiana. Mm. She managed to escape before more injury. This suspect was also dismissed from the investigation after being questioned by Tennessee police. Um, and so we're going to kind of go over the not forgotten now. So... Um, police aren't the only ones trying to shed light on the redhead murders. Mm -hmm. Four years ago, investigative journalist Shane Waters of Indiana began digging into the mystery. He traveled to the location where six victims' bodies were found and planted red crosses there. Oh, that's Aww. cool. That is way cool. Mm -hmm. um, in 2018, Sweet. Waters produced a series of podcasts about the redhead murders. He tells A&E True Crime... I think the world forgot about these women because they were deemed as throwaways. Waters' crusade connected him with several victims' families and an enterprising uh, sociology class at Elizabethan High School in Tennessee. Students developed a profile of the murder, um, whom they concluded was a male trucker, frequenting the I-40 corridor. They also coined a nickname, the Bible Belt Strangler, announced it a 2018 press conference with law enforcement. Pilgrim's mother, Elizabeth, thanked the class, saying, the hope of one day finding what happened to her um, has never left my thoughts. Mm. Um, as for police, we're not going to stop, Elkin says. We're just going to keep on trying to use the techniques and technologies of mm -hmm. today to solve these dusty cases. They have waited so long for resolution. Mm. Um, if you have any information on the redhead murders, contact the TBI, T is in Tom, B is in boy, I is in Indiana at 1-800-824-3463 or, um, the, I'm the, um, email is tbi.coldcase at tn.gov. So again, guys, anything that has any information, the phone number is 1-800-824-3463 or TBI, again, Tom Riddle, 
Indiana dot cold case at TN like Nancy dot gov. Um, I did get my um, information today from Wikipedia, A&E and all that's interesting websites. So I really hope that someday they, they can, can find or even like be able to tie the other murders to this guy that died in prison mm -hmm. because that MO seemed to fit a lot a of lot these of women. Mm -hmm. And identify the ones that yeah. they don't know who they are. Yeah. That's, that's, that's heartbreaking. It's, it yeah. is very heartbreaking. And I imagine for the police there too, that it's heartbreaking for them to have something so unsolved. Um, back in the 70s, 80s, and into there the wasn't 90s. A whole lot, but no, now there is. There is so much more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these these guys back then, even though I rag on them, you know, I know they did the best that they could mm -hmm. I in most circumstances. I know there's some where there's just like a lot of no. But in this circumstance, I feel like they did the best that they could. And, and I hope that pe more people will come forward if they have any kind of inkling of information. Um, to help bring closure to everybody in this area that has been through this. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just stay safe out there, guys. Don't be so desperate to meet somebody. Have your own self-worth. Exactly. Or have a, a, a wingman or a wing girl that, you know, if you meet in a restaurant, she's on another table following yeah. you if you don't know this person. I mean, be smart. If you're going to go this mm -hmm. route... Have someone of your friends follow you and say, you know what, we're going to follow you. Make sure, you know, nothing happens to you, you know, and, and it's better to stay away from people you don't know. Yeah. It's better that way. It's not worth it. There is too many psychos out there. Yeah. Just stay safe. And that kind of triggered my memory. This one time I, I met this guy online, like on, I think it was Bumble. I think it was Facebook dating. And he told me that he was a guy that um, hauled cars, like, you know, to different locations. Oh, okay. And um, he was going to come through Utah. And so we had arranged to meet uh, a location to, you know, just to go on a first date. And um, it was either my children or a friend and said, hey, you know what? We're going to go there with you. We'll sit in another booth. Mm -hmm. And when I had said, well, hey, yeah, my friends are going to be there. They're just going to be at a different booth. He dropped me like a hot rock. Oh, yeah. You see? So, yeah, that's definitely bring friends or family with you. Don't. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to mention it. No. You know, but, you know, if anything's going on, you have a car full of people ready to pounce, pounce. To pound yeah, on the jerk get, and, and get you away from that situation. Mm -hmm. and, or at least call the cops to get help. Yeah. They know where you are, they're following you. So. I keep a taser in my car because I oh. love to go on road trips. Mm -hmm. And number one, I use the taser not on my dog, but the sound scares mm -hmm. her. So when we go through a drive through she'll mm -hmm. shut the hell up. But also just out of like fear of, you know, I could stop at a rest stop to go to the bathroom exactly. and then have something know. happen. So I do have a little pink taser in my car that I do carry with me. But I'm going to um, get one and I'm going to, uh, I have the, permit to gonna get myself a gun yeah i want to i want to conceal the carry yeah. um i want to do the conceal and carry here in utah maybe we should do that together yeah you can Find get it class here. and then mm -hmm. get and the get permit. it done yeah i know i truly i have some good ones on the the gun shows yeah. they have one by my house in sandy utah the um 
at the expo there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And I, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm against assault rifles. Mm-hmm. I don't think as public people, we don't have a need to have public assault or have these assault mm-hmm. rifles because that's what the people get a hold of when they go shoot up people. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in being able to conceal and carry, you know, a small weapon like that to protect yourself, especially as women out there. Um, and I, and I would hope, you know, that even like for our trans people, Mm-hmm. And LGBTQ that are under such horrific gunfire right now, just by the politicians mm-hmm. and the stupid stuff that come out of their mouth. They're I being know, so haunted and and discriminated, and it's just like they they have so much going on to put that on top of it. It's just wrong. It is. It's wrong. And I mean, they're calling for annihilation. And I watched a, a TV clip of this lady who was a Holocaust survivor, and she was. <laughs> begging she was saying do you not see you are banning books when hitler first started he was banning books Mm -hmm. he was doing this he goes open your eyes people Mm -hmm. she was just begging the the people and she was this old lady in a wheelchair and she's all this is all i can do but please please step up to your politicians and make this stop because it's going in that direction and it's just, it's a scary world out there right now for our LGBTQIs. Exactly. We're in a new era, literally, a mm-hmm. new millennium. Things are so different, and we have to adapt to them. You know, the new generation are so far more open. Yep, yep. And, and who they want to be, who they are, we need to adapt to them, not them to us. It's just... Nope. We've gone backwards as a society, and it's yeah. very sad to me. And those people are so free, so... Yeah. They're, I, I, and they're so full of love. I, exactly. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. They're just wonderful. I don't know. And when they pull up statistics, it's not... It's always, you know, like I watch this one lady, and she's today, six um, religious people molested these kids, and then one this, one that... Not ever is a drag show or LGBTQI mentioned. No. It's always the cis white males in a in the religious background mm. that are fanatical. Mm-hmm. And so to all of those people, screw you and <laughs> Yeah. We gotta stand up. Yep, stand up for stand up for people. Wow. Well, it's been a good episode. So what do we get? We're going to give our info now where yep. they can find us and stuff. Yes. Yeah, so the sites where you can listen to our episodes are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, RSS, and TuneIn. Yep. And then please, please, we still, I put out something on all the social media. If you're the first to send us a story, we're going to send you a goodie bag. So again, the offer just stands. We're waiting for listener stories, guys. We would love to hear what you want to hear. So please email us at what happens after dark ll at gmail.com. Again, what happens after dark at uh, ll at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Luna, L-U-N-A, Wad, W-H-A-D, Lee, L-E-E. Um, Instagram is what happens after dark, L-L. And TikTok is Wad, W-H-A-D, 1210. Hit us up, send us messages, whatever. We're open, we're ready to receive and to share. Yes. And uh, 
if you want to donate, mm. we do have a Patreon site. It's patreon.com, and you can find us under What Happens After Dark and donate. And those Patreons get special gifts or access to exclusive episodes that we're going to have down the road. Yep. So please, please, please donate. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being with us on this episode. Stay safe. Be smart. Yep. Be smart, guys. And bye. bye.